and welcome back to the Across the Pod podcast. It's now time for another episode in our mini-series where I go through each place I went to from NFL game last year and what you can do in each place. Our last episode was in Atlanta. We are now moving on to Tennessee. Now, in between Tennessee and Atlanta was Carolina. I did talk about it last time. Basically, I'm skipping uh, Carolina, specifically Charlotte, where I went, because if I'm honest... I didn't really do an awful lot, um, mainly because it was I couldn't find a lot to do there. But also, it's a case where um, you know I'd been so busy in Atlanta or just the whole last three places with, with my friend Jack, and I knew I had a busy few days coming up. I used the four or five days there to just relax, catch up on stuff, you know, get some work done, like articles, etc., podcasts, and just really just relax and. You know, I managed to do some stuff. I went to obviously the Panthers game against the Falcons, which was the only game I went to where it was I almost left because it was that bad weather wise. We weren't in any shelter. I was I don't think I've been that that soaked ever before in my life through rain. It's it's it was really, really bad conditions. And really the only one of two games I went to that were really um that bad conditions. I was quite lucky that there are a lot of games that were cold, and that was tough, but in terms of rain, which I hate a lot more than any cold conditions, I had it only had it twice, and the second time, I had a poncho on me. So um, in that case, I you know, I stuck it out, and I'm glad I did in a way, even though it wasn't a great game, another Thursday night shocker. But at the same time, it, you know, I, I still got to see the Panthers play at home in Carolina. And then, of course, the last day I did go to Freedom Park, which was which was really nice. I had actually quite a nice story there, and I will actually talk about this before I go on to Tennessee, is the fact that um, I had a plan to go there before my flight. So my plan was to get an Uber from to the bus stop, get a bus to Freedom Park, and then go towards the bus station to the airport and get on the plane, et cetera, et cetera. And I was very lucky that my Uber driver on this specific occasion was a person who worked for the council, and she was very much proud of her city, proud of Charlotte. So she actually, for free, she stopped her Uber meter, whatever they call it, on on their on their on their cars or their phones, and she took me around Charlotte for a good maybe two. Hours. She basically drove me rather than drop me off just by the bus stop. She dropped me off at Freedom Park itself. So took me all around Charlotte. Showed me the the Hornet Stadium, the basketball. Showed me all that um, Charlotte has to offer, you know, loads of different things. It's basically, just exploring the exploring the city, really, and um, and yeah, then obviously then went from there to Freedom Park, which was lovely, um, and there was some real nice, just scenic um, looks again, like a lot of places I went to in America, very much scenic everywhere you go, um, and it was very. Very good in that sense um, that it was like that because I could easily have gone there and it'd be, you know, raining like it was at the game, etc., etc. Um, so, yeah, just walked around, um, just basically used the hour I had, or hour or two I had uh, sort of spare to, to sort of look around Charlotte just to really take in where I was because it was one of the things that um, was, was top of my, of my to-do list. But... Oh, very fortunate. I bumped into a very nice couple. Met them called Riley and Emily. Um, literally got talking to them. I can't even think how we started talking. And then, you know, we got talking. I won't say for at least twenty minutes we were talking. Very nice couple. 
And I'm hoping that when I, when I go to Washington, I'll be able to meet them at some point um, this year. But yeah, so walk walked around Charlotte a bit more before then eventually going to my um my flight. And I mentioned before but my issues when I my traveling issues I had when I went from Miami from Chicago to Miami. I stumbled across my next one, not to do with the plane journey. The plane journey is absolutely fine. You know, got there, got my plane, that was it. But the issue I had was just before. So I had to go to the post office for some reason. I had to go and I can't think of what even the reason was why I needed to go to the post office. But I remember going there and then getting a message on my Airbnb app telling me that my host had to cancel. Um on the day I was meant to arrive in my Tennessee Airbnb, which was, you know, in the grand scheme of things, actually there wasn't it wasn't the worst thing in the world because that, that I'll go on to that in a minute um, later on in the episode. But get that on the same day caused me some some horrendous stress, um, you know. But by the by, you know, I got to Tennessee and I was fine. And at that point, I was thinking, what am I going to do? So I knew coming up late in Tennessee, I would basically. I would um, get a bus towards Graceland uh, and I would also do other things as well, which basically meant I wouldn't be staying. I'd be doing two straight overnight buses um, over my Greyhounds. So I didn't actually need a bed until from the Saturday night, waking up Sunday morning until the Tuesday night. So worked out well. Now I've got my money back, got the refund. You know, that helped the trip, helped fund the trip. I paid for this Airbnb months before. So to get that extra fund coming in did help. Um, so yeah, pretty much like Atlanta, well, I, when he got there, straight away we did stuff. Same thing happened in Tennessee. So I get off my plane, go straight down and explore Tennessee. And the first thing I did was go to the Rock and Roll Museum. Now this was in Nashville itself, which is where I spent most of my time in Tennessee. And And yeah. This was very much worth going to. So, yeah, that was basically my first stop. So, you know, I get off the airport, I get the shuttle bus to get towards the downtown Nashville. And I'll get into that later on as well. But Nashville downtown was, was superb. Um, but, yeah, the one of the first, I like, usually like the rest of the trip I've done. And I, looked, I looked on TripAdvisor, you know, had a look on what I could do and looked at how far I was from the airport. And this was the closest thing to the airport. And it was the Musicians Hall of Fame. And museum and there was so much cool stuff there there was signed port mccartney stuff there was guitars he played with you know there was a whole section dedicated to johnny cash a whole section dedicated to lenny kravitz and you walk into the section with lenny kravitz where you walk into a heap of smoke and you get to see tons and tons of um of sort of memorabilia and, and clothes he'd worn on stage and stuff like that so that was that was really cool i mean Levin kravitz it's a guy where I don't know many songs, but the songs I do know, I do like. Um, there was so much cool stuff in, in his Musicians Hall of Fame. For example, there was, you know, signed Bono guitars. There was, to be online, I was promised a Anthony Kiedis section, but I never got that. But even so, you know, there was an uh, Elvis section where, you know, they had sort of a mimic of the Sun Studios where he, you know, he first broke through. There was... So many other, other cool things out there, like musician wise. There was a, um, there was stuff about the, the Rolling Stones. There was a sort of, there was a signed stuff by, and the name's completely passed by, um, Tom Petty. Tom Petty as well. 
the stuff by him and there was stuff about the Grammys, there was a lot of modern day stuff about Drake and Beyonce and Taylor Swift. Um, I think Pete Townsend as well from The Who. There was so much cool stuff there. And if you like your rock music, this was like the ideal place because there was not really... There was a, you know, most music genres were covered, but the main one was rock, you know. I mentioned before U2, Elvis Presley, rock and roll at the time, Beatles, same thing. You know, it's very much like it showed you all different eras. And there was a California section, there was a there was like different sections per different places in America. Um, and I don't think there was a European one, but there was plenty of European acts. And generally, I could have been there for longer. Um, it could have been bigger. I think there's definitely room to add to that. And I did get there, sort of, I was leaving as I was closing, so I saw maybe it was impossible to be there longer anyway, but it's certainly, yeah, if you're going to Tennessee for a game, um, whether it's Titans or whether it's, you know, if you want to watch the Memphis Grizzly in basketball, I'd say Nashville is a great place to go because that alone is, is worth it and you see some such cool stuff. But then, of course, that was really the rest of my day thinking, what am I going to do? So, you know, I finished... That about, I want to say about maybe 4.35 p.m. And of course, back then, in that time of year, it goes dark at that time. So I walk out of the museum and it's immediately dark. And I was thinking, what am I going to do? On a Saturday night, I'm in Nashville, Saturday night, albeit I got the bags on the back of my head. Um, what am I going to do? So I just walked around and I found the main downtown area of Nashville, which I thought was superb. And again, if you like your rock music, if you like your live music in particular, you have to come to Nashville for a game. And, you know, I know there are certain friends of mine in Fins Nation UK, uh, particularly Robbie and Steph, who love their live music, and they would have an absolute ball in Tennessee. So I, I will say to them, if they're listening to this podcast, um, if you ever want to go to a Dolphins away game, you have to go to Tennessee because it is simply a, such a unique place. Because it's, I, be, I went there a few times throughout my few days in Nashville, but whenever I was there, the music never stopped. So there would be constantly live music going on all the time. I think they just, there'd maybe like a five minute break just to change artists, but that's really about it. So yeah, the first night just walked around um, downtown of um, Nashville, got some food, which is in, again, places live music, quite loud. You know, people were trying to talk to me at one point, you know, when I, you know, I had a spare seat and it was, just, it was so hard to hear people in there. It was, but. You know, it wasn't there long, had my food and got out. You know, you walk past Bridgestone Arena, which is the home of the Nashville Predators, the ice hockey team. You know, there was actually was a game going on that evening and I probably should have gone, but I only really cared about the Oilers and they weren't playing there. So, um, but yeah, that was really my first first day done. And of course, I mentioned before about the Airbnb issue. I had to try and find somewhere else last minute. And I found with... Yeah, only only eighty dollars, which looking back it was really expensive for what I got. But the best I could find cheapest wise was a host with a motel in uh Nashville. Um and this was the worst place I've stayed in my life because there were stains all over the place. It was not a clean hostel whatsoever, and it was a case where you tried to report the problem and no one seemed to want to help. So, yeah, that was really um, the first real place I thought this is an actual dump. Because I mentioned before there were not some nice ones in New Orleans, but the actual inside was lovely. Whereas this time it was the other way around. 
wasn't as bad from the outside. Still not great, but inside was was, was an absolute disgrace. Um, but yeah, I was only there for one night, so I couldn't really complain. Then, of course, I had the issue of where's my bag going to go? So I knew I was going to the Tennessee Titans game that next day on the Sunday morning, well, early afternoon in Tennessee. And I thought, so I, my plan, my plan was, I went from my hostel, so my motel, to the Greyhound bus stop, which I'll, which I'll be going to that evening anyway to get the bus um, to Graceland. And, and yeah, that's when I came across how I could actually keep my luggage in Greyhound. So I did that. But on the way, because I got there in the night time, you know, it's, you don't sort of think about the time, but when I woke up in the morning, I got hit with how just how cold it was. Now I was cold in the room and I thought, wow, this must be just because, you know, I've you know, maybe it's not got much much central heating or something, or maybe they've they've not got much electricity. But in the end it was a case where it was literally just that cold. Um but you know, it, it was manageable in the end. I had to I wore I wore busy most clothes I had on me, I wore <laughs> about maybe eight, nine layers, which hit a problem later on when I got the night bus. Um, but, you know, overall, it was so, so cold. But that didn't distract me from what was one of my favourite days out for an NFL game. You know, I mentioned before that I love a day game, and that still was the case. And to be able to watch it in Tennessee was fantastic. So, you know, I get the bus in the morning, I try to find anywhere that, that I can get some breakfast, but sadly, um, most places were just full, fully booked. So I had to resort to getting my breakfast from Starbucks. Uh, now, Starbucks, if you like your Starbucks, you're set in America because everywhere you go, there's a Starbucks. It literally is. It is everywhere. Um, yeah, no, fan, it was a shame, but either way, I wasn't going to be along anyway, and I wanted to experience as much as I can. So... You know, I walk to the stadium, you walk over this really nice bridge, you know, to get and you have a view of the stadium as you're doing that, and you know, you're walking past it. And then of course I end end up in the tailgate, which was yeah, on my own again. So you'd rather be with friends, but at the same time, you know, you'd go in, got some food, fairly reasonable price for what it was, you know, and you there's loads there's loads of things going on, there's loads of cornhole going on, there's like there's like sort of a big truck playing music from a DJ. Fans everywhere, there's loads of things going on. I think it's one of the coolest tailgates I went to. Probably up there was Houston, um, one of the best tailgates before game. Um, as well as Cincinnati, which was a you know an old school old school tailgate. And yeah, um, you know, like I do normally, I managed to go down to the bay first few rows and then watch the players warming up. So, you know, got to see my boy Derek Henry warming up, which is really cool. Saw the whole of the Broncos team just walk past me. So, you know, I saw the whole team was literally out about just centimeters away from them, right at the front, you know. And Ciara walked past as well. Russell Wilson's um, either girlfriend or wife. I can't. I think his wife. Um, and that was before the game. And I was that was obviously I was much higher up then when I when I got to my seat. And one of the best views because it's not only a great view because you get you know you you saw. Almost near the halfway line, but not quite near the halfway line. It's sort of by the end zone. Um, but you see the whole the stadium, you get a whole view. And the best thing is as well is that you see like the whole Nashville downtown in the background, which is really cool. You know, I could, would have got that in Carolina, but unfortunately, well, not, not unfortunately, it's how it is. 
it was a nighttime game, so you didn't get that quite as much. But yeah, got to my seat, met a very nice couple called um Isaac and Samantha. You know, they were Denver Broncos fans, but they traveled to um Tennessee for the game and I literally forgotten, I'm so sorry if they're listening, uh, where they were from, but they were only about a two-hour drive, they said, from the stadium, so it wasn't too bad of a journey. Um, I want to say they were from Kentucky, but I, I, I'm really sorry if I got that wrong, Isaac and Samantha, but going back to the game itself, the game was pretty good. Um, the game was pretty good, I must say. It was end-to-end stuff, you know, and again, I, I forgot what the score was, but I just remember the game itself being outstanding in terms of back and forth, you know, but in the end, Titans did win, um, which is, you know, the Titans, both teams obviously end up not making the playoffs. Um, and they were, but considering both teams weren't that good this season and just gone, it was still very enjoyable and it was a very good game. Sometimes you know, it makes it a good game, but both teams aren't great. Towards the end of the season, you know, when they sort of they know would be playoff hopes, particularly Denver was sort of almost almost over. Um, the, I think it was the case where you know these teams have got nothing to lose for, and they're fighting for that to keep their jobs and stay with the, stay with the team. And Titans at that point, you know, we all thought they were just going to cruise the division with a really bad record, and then they collapsed and never never made it. And Jacksonville picked them on the last day. Um, but yeah, that was the game. But obviously, the whilst the game was going on. You would probably say the game of the season was happening at the exact same time, Bills against Vikings. Um, thankfully, it went to overtime, so I managed to watch some of it. Did it go overtime, or did it just go to a long time in a, in normal time? So, Bills, Vikings, just can get the score up a second. Um, yeah, it went to overtime, and Vikings won 33-30. And, you know, I'm walking you know, to the toilet after the game, quick wee break before then going on to doing whatever. And I then see that they've got, they've got the screen on and they, they recap the... Um, there's quite a few of us there just sitting there watching it and um, they're showing previous plays and um, there was a great catch. I believe it was by Stefan Diggs. But then that catch happened. They showed it. Justin Jefferson's catch, which was already in the Hall of Fame when I went there just a few weeks later. Incredible, incredible catch. And that was... Everyone was just going, oh, my goodness. And I remember seeing an old clip of people talking about um, the best catches ever, and they were going for the Odell Beckham one, and there was a guy talking about it on a green screen that he was in an airport, and he heard like, a lot of screaming going on from one of the sports bars, a lot of men just and women just shouting, and the people weren't sure why, and they saw the catch. And I think it's a very similar reaction when I found it in um, watching this game on the big screen. Unbelievable. Um, game first of all but unbelievable catch secondly and then I don't know how I did this so I you know I saw the game went to went to overtime I thought you know I'm gonna try and find a bar and watch it so I'm walking I, I thought I'd found an, an exit right so I, I do all this and end up finding a lift and I thought you know what the worst thing I do is tell me to go down the stairs so I somehow managed to lag going down into a VIP area um I couldn't believe what, what happened. I mean, fortunately, you know, I, I never got to actually go and experience anything. And it's obviously because the game was done, everyone was leaving. But it was quite a surreal experience because downstairs, it was where all the VIP people were. VIP people were. So, you know, the cheerleaders walk, 
walk past us, and you know, we're, and we're all watching this this game and all together. Not and, and people have seen, haven't seen the clock that I'm actually not meant to be be in this room. Um, couldn't, couldn't believe that, but that was really cool. So when I left the stage, because there, there were people there waiting, I think for the players, maybe I'm not sure, but when I walked out, there were people there were waiting for people, and it felt like they were waiting. If you like like in the airport when you get into arrivals, you think you're a celebrity for a few minutes, or you feel like one. Felt a little bit like that. I was going down a very exclusive exit, but that was really it. Um, and the game finished. We saw the Vikings beat the Bills, which I, I was loving uh, because at the time the Bills and Dolphins were very close in um, AFC East rankings. And I think at the time that win put us top of the AFC East without even playing. I believe um, I got a thing was our bye week that week. If I'm right in saying that, um, I could be wrong, but. So yeah, that was a game done. And then I just really explored the rest of the evening in Nashville. And of course, I mentioned before that obviously I was my bag was already in, in the Greyhound station and I knew I wasn't going to be actually sleeping in a bed. So I, I had all the time in the world. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to find a sports bar, watch the rest of the games and just sit there and just and just relax and just, you know, have some food and just watch, watch the rest of the games. And, you know... Walked around the downtown area. There were loads of different bars. So many, um, so many different, you know, places you go to eat. Um, in the end, I stumbled across. I believe it was Luke Adams. Well, he's been to a famous um, country star. And I, yeah, I don't, the only one I know really is people like the Zach Brown Band. And also, it was a, it was a, it was either Luke Coombs or Luke Bryan, one of the two. Um, but yeah, that was where I spent, you know, the rest of a few hours. You know, but you know, I get to the the entrance or the bit where you wait to be served at this restaurant, and they told me it's going to be a two-hour wait. And normally, I would just go, you know what, I'm not going to go. But I, I had all the time in the world. They were playing the games whilst you're waiting. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to stay here and wait. I'm in no rush, no no pressure to be anywhere. So I did that, and then I. This is where a nice story comes about from it is that, you know, simply through passing the menu to people next to me, um, we got talking and they heard my accent. I heard I was from the UK and I got talking to them um, and we just, we just hit it off. And we kept talking and talking for the whole time. And, um, you know, met Shirley and Karen and and the, the four of them invited me very kindly to join them for tea or for, for food. And that was something that I really, really felt nice and if I felt touched by that because they could have easily just sat on their own and stuck as friends and that's it but in the end you know that's what they did they invite me to their food and had, had a nice time with them um and that was brilliant and I would actually meet up with Shirley and Karen in New York which is a great little story so they were from New York and you know, I took um Shirley's contact details and she took mine and we arranged we we did meet up in New York, and I will talk about that in our New York episode. Um, so yeah, spent a few hours with them, and then they went off, and I went on my own way. And the rest of the evening, I just explored more Tennessee, and then eventually, you know, had to get my night bus um, to go to go to Memphis. Now, of course, that was on the Tuesday, but on the Monday, I've skipped a day here. On the Monday, I was going to a place called Blue Ridge Parkway. So this is a, a long drive. It was about a 
a 10 hour bus, I think it was overnight bus to get from from Nashville to wherever Blue Ridge Parkway was. I believe it was actually was in North Carolina, which I didn't realize at the time. So I sort of I'd gone back to Carolina for for a day, um, you know, and it was a case where there was an issue that came from that in a minute. But I was on a bus and I was you know, trying to get some sleep. But these buses were not comfortable at all. And then you know I woke up to the to the um, the sound and the smell of someone being sick on my bus, and literally they were right behind me. So the smell I couldn't get away from. So then. You know, get off the bus for a little um, pit stop, a little get some food or drinks, whatever, a little refreshment break. And I tell the woman that someone just been just been sick because he he'd gone to the bus as if he's going to leave. I didn't think he was going to come back on the bus. And then when he comes back on the bus, he sits nowhere near where he was actually sitting. So it looked like you know I'd been sick, but that was that was awful. Um, so not the best conditions I was in. Then you know, thankfully I got off it eventually. And I got there about, I want to say, six in the morning, and the bus tour was at nine. Now, the one thing I had to take into account, actually, before doing that, I, I knew I had time to spare. So I managed to find a hotel very near, about two-minute walk from where I was getting picked up on this bus tour. I found a hotel, and they said I could just chill there for an hour. After about half an hour waiting to get a response from them sitting in the entrance to the hotel, they eventually let me do that. This is where another issue came about was the fact that I would not realised that there was actually a time difference between Tennessee and North Carolina. So, you know, thank God I couldn't get to sleep at one point because this could have been really bad. So I basically took my emails just randomly, you know, I had about an hour to, hours, an hour and a half, hours to spare, I'd say. And I saw that the guy emailed me about a quarter of an hour ago saying, I'm here, where are you? So he could have easily gone on without me. So I basically, I thought it was eight o'clock, at the time, and I had an hour before my 9am bus tour starting. But in the end, I, it was 9am when I, when I when I got that email. So that was very much like a rush, you know, but thankfully he was very patient. And the reason why was because there was no one else on the bus. People had backed out last minute. So it was just literally me and this guy for about four hours, I'd say. Um, so fair play, he could have easily just gone. Because you know, I mentioned before in the Denver episode that I had to rearrange the Rocky Mountains tour last minute because... Um, there was no one else interested. So he could have easily done that, and that was my worry. But thankfully, you know, he did, you know, in the end, let me on, and I'm so glad he did, because there were some such cool views. Especially after a long, long bus journey, the last thing you'd want was would be him to um, cancel. But, you know, there were so many things, like Pigs the Forest was one of the things we saw. You know, very similar views to Mount Rainier in terms of the water fountains and the, sort of the, the scenery around you. Much colder than Mount Rainier. It was very much, well, thankfully, I have to keep it warm by moving around, but it was very much a very cold experience. But there was so much cool stuff there. There was the classic, sort of stereotypical forest. It was absolutely stunning. You know, Cedar Mountain was one we saw. There was a, there's more and more water fountains. You know, we had snacks delivered to us at all times. And again, if you want to find out the links to this tour, if you are going to game, in North Carolina, or you go into a game in Tennessee, uh, I can send you a link, the tour guide and and the company that he works for, and you can go through him. Um, you know, and that was in a place, basically I went from, um, originally from Nashville to Asheville, which can be quite confusing. Um, so that's basically where I ended up afterwards. Um, but yeah, such so, so amazing scenery. And again, you're very high up altitude-wise. 
but yeah, some very cool, very cool stuff to um, observe. And it is something I would definitely recommend, but make sure you get the right time. Unlike me, then of course I had a few, I had a few hours spare because basically I then had a bus from Asheville back to Nashville to then, which I went, which I was arriving at 2 a.m. And I would leave at 4 a.m. to get from Nashville to Memphis for Graceland. And my worry was that um, I was going to miss it through a delayed bus. Turns out that my bus was actually the same bus journey. So basically, this bus, the journey was, the plan was to go from Asheville to Nashville and to Graceland or to Memphis anyway. So I ended up somehow, not even realising, being on the exact same journey, just two separate tickets, which was, um, you know, something I, I didn't even realise I was doing. Um, but yeah, that was really the day I did. I just walked around Asheville for a few hours, went to get some food, even got a haircut. Um, I knew I was going to be in, you know, being Channel Five again in a few days. I thought, you know, I best look sharp, and I was looking a bit homeless at that point. Um, but yeah, the next day went to Graceland, which was for me one of my favorite things I've done in the entire trip. And I've got a T-shirt, which unfortunately the lettering has already um started to crack on the T-shirt, but. Even so, it is one of my favorite things to do because I, I'm a big Elvis fan. You know, I love the movie of him recently. Big fan of songs like "Suspicious Mind," um, uh, "Hound Dog," and there's so many songs that I I do love his music. So the chance to go to his his house was just something I had to do. And you know, mentioned Shirley I met before. She'd been there actually a few days before that. Her and her friends, and you know that that was um cool to get some tips about it. I mean, very expensive. I'm not going to lie here. Um, you can pay forty pounds, but you don't get the actual tour inside the house. It's eighty dollars if you want an actual tour of the house, which is what I paid. And then if you want to pay, actually want to go to these exclusive VIP areas, extra forty dollars on top. So, yeah, gift shop is expensive. The actual tickets to get in were expensive, but it's one of those things where you you got to pay the money. You got to pay the money because it is so worth it. If you like, even if you're not a fan of Elvis, but especially if you are a fan of Elvis. You have to do this, you know. You get, you know, you got to get a bus from the entrance to the house, and you get to walk around there. Unfortunately, again, actually, I will say towards the end it came up trumps, but most of the time I was there, I didn't like it because there's one of those modern day tour guys where you got an iPad, you've got to put it on your headphones, which is no for me. You know, I can manage it, but there were quite a few people there, but for a certain age who maybe weren't to grip the technology. Um, and you know, I, I like having a physical person there. You know, it feels more personal. But um, anyway, you know, yeah, it was still. And I, I did definitely miss some stuff as well. Definitely missed out on certain audio bits because I, even I, found it confusing after a while to try and um, you know, use this. But you know, you, you walk in and the first thing you're seeing is this lounge. Obviously, it was mid-November then. There's Christmas tree up. Um, and you're walking around this kitchen and. Different portraits are there, and you know, one thing he told you there was that um, the family actually had the legal right to the house. They can't, they they keep it themselves, and they don't. They use it for Graceland, but it's not like how do I say it? It's a house where they've kept as much as possible unique to what it was at the time. They've tried to keep as much possible as there. Obviously, some things they have to change because you know time time develops and all that but there were some things where they were still there from the original time so yeah really cool to see that you know you walk past his, his um family bedroom you know, you're going in you walk in look into his bathroom 
And you see his jungle room as well, his his dinner table. You're seeing his, all his TVs, you know, paintings in the house, you know, all that all that stuff. And yeah, that was something that I you know really enjoyed. But then going on further on, you see his pool table, you know, and then you go on to see his um his squash room, you know, as well as you see his garden with the horses, which those actual live horses running around, which obviously weren't his horses, but you know, there was definitely a field where the horses he owned at the time could roam around. And yeah, then then you go on to like the the bit of the thing where it's like almost like a museum. So you're seeing like his birth certificate, you're seeing old records, you're seeing things he'd worn, you know, and there was more on that later on, but you're seeing all like his, you know, his high school stuff. It, a lot of stuff that was there, and you really get your money's worth because you're seeing so much of Elvis Presley that you would really never see before. And that's one of the things that, again, this is why it's the stuff you're seeing, you're seeing in this house, you wouldn't see anywhere else because they've made sure it's stayed with them, which I commend because, you know, a lot of families could sell out, you know, and, and they could, you know, sell all that stuff, but no, they managed to keep it. But Towards the end of the talk, you know, I mentioned before that it was a problem. You know, they call it racquetball, not squash, I should have said before. But then, you know, you get to the end bit, and this is where the audio guide actually comes to handy because I found it quite moving, I'm not going to lie, is that the last bit of the tour is you go into his grave, um, which is by a massive pool. You know, he's got all his family around him, all the others that have passed away all next to him. And um, If I Can Dream is playing on your audio guide so that was one one of my favorite elvis songs like wonder views the same thing and um having that on in the end and glory glory hallelujah was quite moving because you were looking at you know there was a flame going on there there was obviously this gravestone it was quite emotional because you turned all about this history and it felt like you were living with him or felt like you were you were in that era and then next thing you know you're seeing you're seeing his gravestone and it's a harsh reality that that's what life is. And, you know, it's without going too deep here, it was definitely one of my favorite things and found it very, very, very emotional. Um, and I really, really enjoyed my time with that. And then after that, you know, you go, you see his cars, which I didn't really spend too much time in because I'm couldn't really care about what cars he had. You know, there was other sections where you saw his, you know, when he went out, when he went to military duty. So it's like his, um, army gear, you know, his his badges, then you see his guitars, so many gold records. That was sending up in way just how many gold records he had. There was like a whole room just full of them. Obviously the room full of all the clothes he wore as well. There were just some so many good stuff you could do here. And I again it could have been there even longer. Um one thing I also actually going back to when I first got to Memphis was that I was playing you know music on chef on my phone. Actually as I get off the get out of the station what's playing on my um on my ipad on my sorry on my, on my phone whilst i'm walking around walking in memphis which was i thought was really spooky and, and um fitting um so yeah i had a bit of a walk to get from you know grace from the where the bus picked you up and drop and drops you off to get to grace then about an hour walk but you know, at that point i had all the time in the world my bus didn't leave until 7 p.m 8 p.m so I yeah use that time just to um really look at where I was and you know whilst there wasn't the best things in the world you know it was just nice to just walk around freely you know and and see the um see where the action is basically um 
yeah, that was really it when it comes to Memphis. You know, walked back, went to get a um, pack of bell, which I w- regretted massively straight away. I would not recommend this to anyone. It was awful. But yeah, that was really where I spent my my last day in in Tennessee, really, because at that point, you know, I got actually maybe it was maybe it was maybe it was maybe it was about five PM because I got into Tennessee about eleven PM, I'd say. It's about a five, six hour best second time round to get to Memphis from Tennessee. And I I found another motel. Um, which I did. Now I have to shout out my Uber driver Cape. You know he trying to get from my uh, my bus pickup point to my motel was not an easy one. Um, but fair play to Cape. He came at Trumps. Even gave me a follow on Instagram. Um, yeah, top guy. And then yeah, even spent in another motel. This time definitely nicer conditions. But that is where I'll end the podcast. Um, so thank you all for listening and listening to my tales about my time in Tennessee with a little bit of Carolina sprinkled in in amongst it. Um, of course, the next one will be a big one, something I'm really excited to talk about, Green Bay. Hope you guys will be there for that one. In the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod podcast, and I'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>